Welcome to the Football Podcast. Fun, frivolity, facts, and banter, I guess. Everything's for the best in this best of all possible worlds. That's what I'm finding. Paul, your thoughts, please. <laughs> My thoughts are I was not expecting such a, a philosophical opening. Well, let's start with a question then. I'm going to give you a question before we get on because obviously we've got a lot of uh, space to fill with football. Whose autobiography are these the opening words to? Okay? Do you understand the premise of the question? Yep. The date is 21st October 1938, 8.43am. German forces under the command of Adolf Hitler have recently annexed the Sudetenland and the tension is rising all across Europe. Indeed, it probably wouldn't be going too far to say that storm clouds are gathering. 
Any clue? Uh, absolutely no idea. It's Have a guess, Churchill. Eh? Have a guess. Churchill. Well, Churchill. No, you're sorry. That's wrong. We'll come back to it. We'll give you another guess in 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, now, we have obviously <clears throat> no football to talk about, um, really. Unless you want to talk about Arsenal's hilarious demise once again at the City Ground uh, in the FA Cup first round. Um, I'd probably rather avoid that one. Uh, but let's fairly say that there's a few things that have made you furious. And, I mean, there's a few things that have made me furious as well. I mean, we live in a world where selfies are more important than sincerity. And people genuinely, genuinely believe that their lives are more important than everybody else's. Um, and the other thing is, and I have to address this, Paul. Can you know what the biggest problem in life right now is? Everybody wants to be the boss. Maybe. Like be, who wants to be the boss? Like everybody wants to be the chief, the leader, the you know, the canny. Nobody wants to. I mean, all I said. Who are these cunts to, you know, want to be like them? So you're saying there's no team players anymore? I'm, I'm saying that absolutely. I'm saying everybody thinks, you know, one. At once when people with talent and ingenuity and uh, philosophy and things to say were followed by people and kept on the right road and now everybody thinks they know the answer and subsequently the world's fucked. I, I think, um, <laughs> I was not expecting to go down this road, but um, I think it's social media, like Twitter and stuff, everybody thinks that their opinion matters now because they've mm-hmm. got a space, a platform to say it. Like, every person thinks they're, they're their opinions are more important than everybody else's, whether whether they've got any qualifications on a subject or no, they just think that they, they know better. Everybody's an expert. And also, everybody thinks that their families and outings and fucking whatever they do somehow is appealing to the rest of the world. And I just <laughs> don't understand that at all. You see, I see the thing is, though, only like certain social media and that if you've got friends and family and you're sharing it with them I don't know if it's a big deal but if you think it's well you share, if you're, you have to share but hold on no no I think you're completely wrong there you share it with them doesn't have to be in public yeah true but you might maybe got some like family or whatever that you the didn't see you used to see for anybody with their holiday photos and that was boring off <laughs> in the old days when you used to get invited room to see people's aye, and they had the fucking you know ten spools of fucking film and oh here we go aye and there was us on the beach there's another one on the beach oh there's another one on the beach nobody cares and the only reason I'm telling you now the only reason that people like that kind of stuff on social media is because they will post something similar and would like the same like that they gave back reciprocal likes I just, I just but one of the more important things, you're absolutely fucking raging with Lee Griffiths. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm, I'm raging at him, but uh, I just think the boy's a fucking waster, to be honest. Like, the talent he's got and the chances he's been given, and he just never seems to, the, the penny never drops and he's in his 30s now. Mm, he's 31 year old, and like, he should be probably, he should probably still be at the peak of his career. And instead, he's this Dundee one looks like it's going to cut, get cut short. He's about two stone overweight, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't like where does he go for here? He's barely kicked the ball in the last three years. Well, um, when Celtic had all the injuries back at the start of December, there was talk about recalling him, and then when they went to Dundee, they found out he was a stone and a half overweight, and that was that. Now we're at a, a, a juncture where Dundee didn't want him, and Celtic didn't want him back. Um, and I'm sure that's being flagged up in the media so that somebody else might come in and say, well, we'll take him. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, he's lost a yard of pace. And that was a yard of pace that got him space, got past people and all the rest of it. Now he's not got that. And unless he's got the ball at his feet facing the goal, he's pretty mm. useless. Well, you can see the goal he scored the other week against Aberdeen was an absolute beauty. Mm. So he's still got that ability, but you're right, it's, he's not got the... Like the sharpness to get away from players. I watched him against Hearts the other week, mm. and he was te- like, oh, and you still got that fear in the back of your mind that he's still a deadly striker and he's going to cause you trouble. He was terrible. Yeah. He was really, really poor. And he reminds me a wee bit of like what Riordan, Derek Riordan went like at the end of his career, like when he lost the yard of pace. He could still be dangerous for twenty yards if you gave him a chance or whatever. But that's not going. That's only going to get you so far. Like what? What teams nowadays can afford to carry a player like that? No, no. I mean. 
especially the way football is now, everything's about the high press, everything's about forwards being the first line of defence and all that kind of stuff. And he just can't do that, you know. And as you say, they, in the past, these players were called luxury players where, mm. you know, they had an immense amount of talent, which he clearly has, and people like Derek Ryerden have. But if you're not willing to work for the team and be part of that team setup, um, I mean, you know, Man United's going through the same rugby role right now with Ronaldo. For all the Aye. talent, he can't play the system that Rangnick wants to play, and the players are seeing get out, get him out. Plus, his ego as well. Like he's never going to be a guy that's going to. Don't get me wrong. He's obviously like a hard worker and stuff to get like the levels he's got to. Mm. But he just looks like the kind of guy that if it's not going his way, you happily sort of go on a sulk. I, I I found it bizarre that man you took him. Like I get it, the the marketing and everything, and he's still a quality player, but he's not what they needed no. at all. No, and it's obvious as well that um, for that respect, it's not only just deteriorated the team in general, it's deteriorated other players who were previously mm. doing really well. Some players can't kind of handle playing with guys of that stature no. though. Like the shrink, they're almost nervous to make mistakes and and that, that shouldn't be happening at a club like Man U. No, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be happening anywhere, really. I mean, you know, it's, it's football. That's the thing with Griffiths. It's like Griffiths, I mean, you know, I was defending him a, a few times, but when I found out his, all his issues previous to our um, 10 in a row season where he just basically never bothered his ass to do anything, I just found that unforgivable. You know, it's like mm. the fans, uh, it's an important season, all the rest of it. They're also, everybody's something up five, six hundred quid. We know we're not going to be in any games. The very least we expect to you is to do your job. Mm. You're just fine the boot. I mean, I know for a cast iron fact, he, all his monitor and stuff was gone in his car to make it look like he was doing jogging and all the rest of it. And, yeah. Right. The thing, the thing as well though is like, see the weight issue. I, I don't understand how you get that big when you're training two hours a day every no. day. Even if your diet is crap, you it's should weird be then. It. I mean, I saw in the street just before Christmas Andy Gorham, and he looked fitter than he ever has. <laughs> he always looked quite podgy when he was a goalkeeper, and yet he looks fit as fuck now. And you're right, I didn't yeah. understand that if you're doing two hours training, you know. But then I suppose. You know, if you're just not eating anything, and because it's a lot of today with your metabolism and all that as well. And mm. as everybody knows as you get older, it's harder to drop weight. You know, I'm not <laughs> saying thirty one's old because it's not, but um, but I suppose it is in terms of being a peak athlete though. Like, you've got to work that a bit harder to keep yourself in shape. And yeah. he's maybe been the kind of guy that's always ate, ate what he wanted or whatever and got away with it because he was playing. <laughs> Aye. And that's oh, maybe catching up. But I think that's symptomatic of Dundee as a whole just now though. Like the fact that they took a gamble on him. And they take a gamble on guys like Cummins, who's a fucking idiot, mm. and Charlie Adam, who's basically seems to be doing what he wants and stuff, that, like the drink driving and stuff. They seem to be taking gambles on players that have got ability, but quite clearly aren't the best professionals. And I'm not sure that's a, a, a great uh, a great route to be gone down, to be honest, no, when you're on a probably fake failure. I suppose they wouldn't be going anywhere near Dundee if they did be able to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's actually another question I wanted to ask you. This isn't a quiz question, by the way. This is just a general question. Have you got people in your life that are like, have to make everything about them all the time? No, that I'm not really aware of or pay attention to. I think you're in denial, right? Because it's it's not who I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to mention your brother Chris, uh, who... I've been it all day because he's been fucking lambasting this shite about Elvis's birthday today. And, oh, it's the king and all that. And I'm like, you know, I thought I'd get away with it by just posting him the public enemy lyric about, you know, he never meant shit to me and all that. And then he he, he came up with one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard in my life. He said, aye, but what you've got to understand is if you didn't have Elvis, you wouldn't have had the Beatles, the Who or the Charlatans. <laughs> right. Okay. What the fuck are you on about, you clown? Um, and then I continue to sort of educate him on how fucking Elvis basically stole, you know, um, black music uh, and was influenced by people like Little Richard and Chuck Berry, which he agreed with. Therefore, right. completely diminishing his point. But I, I get the point. He's kind of making about that he brought it into the mainstream and stuff, but. But the random selection of the bands just adding the Charlatans on oh, the end. Like, like, I like the Charlatans, they were wrong. But to mention them and in then, the, and the, then the Beatles... He, then he um, took offence when I mentioned when I had that affair with your mother 25, 30 years ago. 
he was like, <laughs> that's all point. He, well, he he, 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 you know, he posted me back for that a gif of Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with this guy? No, but I'm talking about this guy. I mentioned him on the show before. Is Stephen Wright, who's a, a an associate of mine in Jersey City. He likes to think he's lives in New York, but doesn't he? Right. <laughs> I want to make that clear. If anybody follows him on Instagram or Facebook, you must think he stays in Midtown Manhattan. Well, he doesn't. He stays in Jersey <laughs> City, and that would be like me living in Silverhouse Car Park and pretending to fucking live in Princess Street, right? <laughs> and once again, uh, he he's basically been at me to get an old style Celtic scarf, right? Mm-hmm. You've probably seen them. You might not think it right away, but you'll probably, if I showed you a picture, you'll probably see one. And every time I mention anything, he jumps on about that. <laughs> and it's like, Stephen, it's not all about you, this life. Added to the fact he's he's been living in <coughs> Jersey City or in America now for about six, seven years, right? And I can tell along with his uh, cousin Mark that we can understand he's, he's kind of getting homesick. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And he's not got the balls to actually do anything about it kind of thing because, of course, he's got a family and all that, but he's that self-obsessed. He just... Think me, but, you know, you, you think to yourself, you're getting homesick. You want an old school scarf. I can see how that could, you know, come together. Come home. Buy one. Eh... <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's been some new signings in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hibs have actually made a couple of signings that's infuriated you already. I know you were uh, trying to pump me for information about you and Henderson hoping and praying I would say he was absolutely useless or had a bad attitude. I actually think he's a better player than his brother. He does doing pretty well, though, yeah. playing in Serie A now. He scored today, actually, for Empoli. Uh, well, uh, you remember you and Henderson tearing hearts to pieces at Tynecastle a couple of years ago? Actually, can was that the good... The 2-1 game? Um, no, 2-0. 2-0. Um, aye, aye, I do, I do remember it was good that night. Um, but he's went on loan initially, but then is going full-time at the end of the season. Which aye, well, Hibs done that with that Jamie Murphy as well, and they're talking about doing it with uh, another player. Like, I wonder if it's a way to offset wages for the year or something. Aye, financial. some dodge in that kind of thing. I mean, um, Hibs fans I've spoken to are convinced that Boyle's going to leave... Um, this window because for a number of reasons like he's 28 he might never get another chance and they look like they're signing players already to replace him Um, Celtic's obviously been mentioned I think it's a no-brainer quite honestly because proven in in the league obviously uh, 28 in his prime Postacoglu knows him in fact actually spoke up for him when he was trying to get into the Australia team as an Australian you know, between the tug-of-war type thing with Scotland. So there's a relationship there. Um, but I don't know, I mean, it seems to me as though Maloney has got a sort of set idea about what he wants to do and Hibs are kind of backing it. Aye, yeah. um, they, they definitely are, because I think Clark for Ross County is a decent signing on one for Arsenal. Aye. I think he, he's looked a good player um, for what I've seen in Especially going forward, mm-hmm. maybe defensively, a bit of work to be, be doing, but he's a big unit of laddie. Yeah. Uh, Henderson looks like a, a, young and sort of that, that kind of fits the profile for what they're trying to do, I think, right. in terms of maybe get a young player in and potentially sell on as well. Um, Mueller, the boy for the MLS, was signed before Mooney came in, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how he fits in. But he's the one that makes me think that Boyle could be gone because he's a out-and-out winger on, on the right-hand side, right. which is kind of a, a similar position. But aye, they're, definitely, they're definitely back in Mooney, but... There's a, a few murmurings that some of the players aren't that happy though because they've no feel, they feel like they've been given a chance to impress Molyneux yet. Uh, but then I'm assuming like, Molyneux will know what, he'll be looking at all the yeah, footage and he'll... I mean, he's, he said that he's clearly had a watching brief. I mean, we all knew he was going to be there <coughs> before the cup final and he didn't get announced until mm. after the cup final. So you've got to assume that he's watched a couple of games and he's also been looking at, you know, um, streams of the games and stuff like that. But he's, I mean, the change I thought would happen immediately would be bigger dugouts. You know, to accommodate Gary Caldwell's seed, but um, I, I, I mean, Maloney's, he's, I've met him a few times and he's a deep guy and all that. He's kind of got a dry sense of humour. He analyses himself a lot as well as other things. So, you know, I would, he'll be thinking about it all the time, about what it is. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably, 
you know, something I didn't think Jack Ross ever did with you. What imprint is in style on the team? You know, because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? I never understand managers that kind of go with previous players and that because ultimately you're going to be hung on their performances and results. So mm-hmm. you just have your own players doing it. I was, I was just going to say that's the gamble for him, isn't it? Like if he, he comes in and changes his squad too much, it could be a take time to settle or whatever. But equally, he'll not get the chance again until the summer and he can't afford to go half mm-hmm. a season with a squad that's not really got his ideas running through it. So I get why he's trying to bring guys in. And for Hibbs' point of view, they'll be happy doing it early as well. That's what, four, four or five times think, already? Um, you get the sense, or I certainly get the sense with some clubs that, um, you know, there's 18 games to go, I think, half a season to go. There's a lot of games, you know, right away kind of thing, and mm-hmm. people need to hit the ground running, and they're desperate to get in players kind of straight away type thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Celtic have brought in the, the, the three Japanese guys, which, um, you know, had been murmuring about for a couple of weeks before it and that, but then, you know, kind of hugged and it was announced and what have you. Um, and, it's, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say, oh, I know all about them and this and that or the rest of it, you know, I don't think I've watched the fucking J-League since Gary Lineker broke his toe. Um, <laughs> but it's strength and depth for Celtic. It's another striker and this seems to be the one way. But it's interesting to have four Japanese players at the one club now. You know? I, um... Um, and I was interested because the reason I bring that up is because Somebody asked Ange Postacoglu about that. Would it help Kyogo and all the rest of it? Have ex- you know, and he answered and he said, it doesn't really matter who's, what nationality they are. You know, we're a team and, and that. And I, I thought that was a great thing because, you know, we're not bringing guys over to fucking babysit Kyogo. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I know... Do, do you think there's a bit of a risk, though, that bringing in so many guys for one league that if the, it doesn't work, like... Guys t- take a lot of time to adjust to new. Like you see it sometimes when managers go to England and they take s- six or seven Scottish players doing when I'm thinking that they'll Aye. they'll fit in seamlessly. Like, it it kind of it's kind of a wee bit a gamble. I think Aye, like, I we mean, don't know the style. Every, every signing's a gamble. I mean, the pluses are Postecoglou's worked with at least one of them. He knows them. He obviously fucking was in the league and what have you. Um, but at the end of the day, only time will tell. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it will definitely be a success and whatever. We've seen, you know, in the last month, basically, Celtic's problems up front with injuries and what have you. You know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Christopher Julian's back in training. I mean, he's not been around for a year. Mm. Um, you know, Jackamacus is back. Forrest is back. So the strength and depth, and that's what you need because, you know, we were up to St. Johnson there and we played well and we won the game and all the rest of it, but we had literally laddies on the bench. And... As much as you want people to come through and all the rest of it, a club like Celtic with the wage bill they spend should not have that on the bench. Okay, no. It's just as simple as that. I mean, I know Hertz. Hertz had the Japanese boy a couple of years ago, didn't he? Uh, Machino. Um, I quite liked him. I, I just think he was maybe like the right type of player at the wrong time because mm. Levine's team weren't for, were, were dog shit, to be perfectly honest. Right. I mean, they did, we didn't play the style with the guy. He was a really technical player. Mm-hmm. I think if you remember the game we played... Um, at Tynecastle, and he scored a uh, he lobbed McGregor. Uh, he was really good that day. He was, his touch, his speedy thought was really good, but it was quite slight. Mm. Um, I, I believe that we've been linked to a couple of Japanese players as well. There was a guy we put a bid in for apparently for the J League. So it's interesting that people are trying to go doing that that route because it's never really a market that's been used particularly widely in Scotland. I know, I know, and I think that you know it probably will be. Um, you know, if this is the main, the mere players that come, basically the mere that people will want to come as well because they'll know guys that are there and what have you, mm-hmm. etc. But aye, it's interesting. Um, I mean, it's going to be a fucking hectic start to the Premier League and the Cup and all that again straight away because mm-hmm. now we have, and I'm not really sure what. Um, well, actually, I say I'm not really sure. I'm pretty certain this, this is a government inspired thing. When I realised Celtic were playing Hibs on the Monday the 17th, I assumed the rest of the games were the previous weekend. Then I found out that, obviously, it's all midweek after that, which I found really strange. But then the government came out and said, oh, 17th, you know, we can get people back, etc., etc., etc. And I thought, they've had a wee deal here. You know, to say, right, if you just give us that amount of time. Because it's clear uh, Johnson and the English government have, all, have said, that's it, we're no... Bald about it anymore. You just wear a mask, get on with it, and that's it. 
I've heard, heard for folk as well that the clubs have been told basically prepare for full houses, yeah, whether or not know, anything gets chucked in last minute or whatever. If numbers spiked, I don't know. I wouldn't put past them trying to extend it. But um, aye, there's a, it's a really hectic schedule. Isn't it? Is it not like midweek Saturday for the good for a good few weeks? Oh aye, aye, right through um, February and that, and obviously um, Celtic and Safeco in Europe as well, which you know mm-hmm. it's that long, so. You know, a guy said to me, I can't remember what the fucking team, I'm coming over for the Baku game, but I'm like, the fuck's that? Oh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> fucking conference league, you know what I mean? But aye, it is, so I can see why squads are being bolstered. Um, talking about Jose, <laughs> uh, so, you know, like everything, nothing ever goes to fucking plan with this cunt. Uh, so he told me that uh, the day he was sending his cards and presents and what have you, uh, he contracted COVID. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, now, obviously, he never, he knows he's not the kind of resourceful guy that will think, right, I could get somebody to come up and take them and post them for me, and etc. You just won't do it. You, you know full well, Paul, he's never going to do that, right? So then he says, well, that's me till uh, January the 1st. Uh, then I'll be going out. To which I was like, um, to where, you know? <laughs> but so that was it. So obviously, uh, come this week, I was like, sent him a message. I said, by the way, um, there's nothing come through the post of that. Oh, that's weird. They got sent on Tuesday, right? Tuesday this week. So I'm thinking, hold on a minute. I was working on Tuesday. The post offices were shut. So I go back to him. I goes, how the fuck do you manage to post them on Tuesday? Hold on, I'll check. It wasn't me that posted them. For fuck's sake. So he said, oh no, it's the day they've been put, the Wednesday they were posted. Right, okay. So Thursday nothing, Friday nothing, Saturday nothing. I was like, um, just to let you can, because he'd asked me to let him know, um, nothing's arrived. Oh, for, for, I'll need to go and check, right? So he goes away and comes back, and they've been posted second class. I was like, honestly, the next time I'm in a pub, I'll just get you a half pint then, will I? Second fucking class. This is in fucking early January sending Christmas stuff second class. Uh, it's easy to do that and then blame the post when it doesn't, when it doesn't turn up, as you find it. I mean, the post has been terrible. I mean, I had a... Uh, I think I mentioned to you, I had a... Uh, somebody try to get into my bank card and what have you, Ken, and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And it took a week to get a new fucking bank card. It was fucking, you know... It's ridiculous. Like, in this uh, day and age when people need their cards for everything. And now it's... I mean, I don't know. Have you got one of these new fancy cards? We know any numbers on them or that? Uh, no, I've, I've known it. Oh, fucking it's, it's just like a flat fucking, you know, slate. And the numbers are printed on the back, but there's no, like, an uh, indentation coming out or anything. Yeah. Um, which is garbage. Mm. Aye, so I dropped a trailer on January the 1st. Teaser trailer, mm-hmm. I beg your pardon, for uh, anyone but Celtic 2, which caught a lot of people by surprise. Had five and a half thousand views on it, which is really good. Um and that's all I can really say about it now. Have you got any, well, so you're saying that's all you can say, but have you got any kind of time scale as to when it'll look into drop or? Uh, November. 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 But I'll know, I mean, so basically I've written two thirds of the film right now. I've got another third today, which I'll hopefully finish this week. And then I'll be fundraising and all that production stuff will to happen in April and then uh, interviews or, or that editing <coughs> stuff will happen in the summer. Um, I've already spoken to a couple of venues um, regarding the Premier because it's a big, you know, money maker for anybody that hosts it, basically, like, you know. And I swore after the last Premier I had at Celtic Park for Armageddon, I'd never go back to them because they treat you, you know, you're basically handing them 10 grand in fees and putting 300 drunks in their place spending money on it and you'd act like they fucking you've given my diagnosis of the clap you know <laughs> and it's just like what was wrong like what was what kind well, of stuff well if you remember the last time um, it was postponed by a week because of the weather yeah it was a piece for these wasn't it that's yeah. right so they just couldn't have cared less they never done anything to help me I lost three grand personally and um, they were like you know we had singers and all that they couldn't come and they were coming for Ireland and what have you and they were, I said, look, I'll need to try it. And they were like, we can give you a disco. And I was like, right, okay. They were wanting the money up front. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me on, like, you know. 
300 quid up front for a guy to come and stand with his fucking iPod. That's all it was, and speakers. And also, there was like, you know, I, I did, you know that way when you get a feeling. We were on the night, James went to the toilet, my son James. He come back, he goes, there's some fucking guy in the toilet, like, greasing all his hair back and putting a fucking shirt and tie on and all that, like, and getting changed. I'm like, eh? And then I thought, oh, fuck, it's not the DJ, is it? And it was one of these, D- I'm going to be the centre of the attention pricks, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I've only really, I've not had many, I mean, the worst one I ever saw, I mean, I don't know if there was, was at a wedding up in, um, Beyond Gorgie, um, begins with an O. Orwell? Orwell Lodge, that's it. And this guy had a fucking head, this is 1997, by the way, a headset on, right? The sort of ones that fucking Bert Peyton and Dick Campbell used to have with the fucking hang coming across the mouth and that, right? <laughs> they could NFL quarterback. Aye, 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 aye. Basically, <laughs> fucking John Madden. So, the next thing, like, he was fully himself, okay, and all that. And uh, he wanted to play party games, right? Thankfully, the groom was like, you can get yourself to fuck with that. But it was this, like, shit song after shit song. After, and I just looked up and he was playing uh, Mbop by Hanson. And he was literally dancing and singing along to it like he, he's in a competition or something. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, please just fuck off. You know what I mean? So, no, it was just horrendous. Uh, I, I don't like the ones that give the chat through the night. Oh. Everyone know that's for. Come on, they fucking just sit down and play the Please, come on. And you're like, oh, fuck off, Ken. Um, at, at my wedding, I told the boy under no circumstances play the Proclaimers because I knew I knew one of my mates was going to ask for the heavy and they couldn't play it. I was like, I'm the groom. I told you not to play it. You fucking. I was I was raging at the boy. That, Everybody else um, experience at our uh, wedding reception where I'd done a playlist for the boy, mm-hmm. you know, which we've been asked today. Like great, and then about the first hour he never played any of the songs, and I was like. I'm not having this and I just went up and I went where's the songs and he went oh I've got to play what I'm requested I said you can fuck off with that <laughs> nobody had requested the stuff anyway that's the bottom line but I was like nah fuck that you know I said you fucking play what we tell you because you're getting paid you, you're, I'm the one paying you um, but no that is, they, they're thinking it's not like they winning anybody no. can stand there pressing fucking buttons and giving it you know did he not play you, that other one that Hibs fans sing at your um, wedding, the disco one? Oh, aye, is it something... Uh, the one that they sang after the cup final. Ah, like Stokes is aye, on I can't fire. Aye, Stokes is on fire, that one, aye, Streets from Desire. Aye, and again, I told him no. See, see, things like that, it's all right. And people, people think that's petty, right? I didn't want no, fucking 100 Hibs fans at my wedding no. jumping about. And I tell you another thing as well, right? It's easy for us to laugh and joke about it in the cold light of day right now, but see, in, in the night when you've had a few babies and emotions are running high and it's a big day and your pressure's on, you feel like killing somebody. Because <laughs> you're just like, why would you do that? Like, you know? I know. The um, best DJs are the ones that you didn't recognise. Just, just aye, play the music aye. quietly and you didn't say anything. Aye, exactly. Um, you know, Graham Park, Mike Pickering and all that, it was the music, they did they stand there going, well, no, you know... Where are you from? You know, it just played the music. Um, and that revolutionised the Hacienda. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's Jose for you. And I'll update you guys next week. Um, if anything arrives, basically. Now, obviously, just a wee, other wee personal thing, to, just in case I go full Stephen Wright and make this all about me. I've got a boot launch coming uh, on April 9th. And Paul, you've said you're not gone. I've already arranged to go to a stag do. Well, I, I want to fucking pick the bones at this because I'm not happy with it, right? So you've got to a stag do, missing a Hertz Hibs game, missing a boot launch, and the day of the Grand National. Aye, well, the plan is that I think the boy wants to go to the Grand National. Well, if you've not got tickets already, you'll not be gone. No, I, I think he, I think he's got a, a block of them. I think so he's got tickets. Where are you staying? Uh, in Liverpool, I could, he's got some hotel books. And you'd want I agreed to it got, it got postponed Was it Covid It was maybe last year um, I did not realise It was the fucking Same day as the Derby though Like the Harp Sibs game That's no you That shouldn't be Your biggest point Of fucking reference here Aye Probably should have been <clears throat> No I'm saying It shouldn't have been This Right now The Derby game Should not be Your biggest concern It should be the boot launch <laughs> Well <laughs> oh, a Derby Sneering tone Like you're in <laughs> It's no steal at all. I mean, you could be. I mean, first of all, this boy stays in Liverpool, right? 
He's from Liverpool, isn't, isn't he? Staying in Liverpool. Stays in Edinburgh. So, so, I can't even get my head around this, right? He wants to have a, so a stagnant, which is basically going to the Grand National, right? And then, I'm assuming going into Liverpool, but well, there's no city centre in Liverpool. You know, Liverpool won. Aye, probably. I think that's it. Honestly, like, you see what I... May God strike me down. I'm telling you now, as a frequent visit to Liverpool, the minute you hit that tune that night, you're going to be going, what the fuck am I doing here? I can tell you that right now. It In is, what sense, like? It's like... It's basically like a spaceship full of idiots arrives. And by the way, I'm not talking about scousers here. I'm talking about Hen and Stags. It's basically become what Dublin was in the 90s, where Hen and Stags just descend on it. And everywhere you go, you'll see pink t-shirts and fucking, you know, streepers and all that kind of pish. Fucking things on their head and all that. That's what it is. It's fucking horrific. I mean, I know, I know tons of people doing their great friends in Liverpool, and I'm telling you, they wouldn't go near it the weekend. They've got their pubs, but they wouldn't mm. go anywhere near all that shite. And you'll see because there's, it's a bit like Newcastle. There's yeah, okay. of, I mean, there's still great pubs in Liverpool, but there's loads of the pubs popped up in Liverpool that are like. 80s retro theme bar and you know and it's all about let's drink 20 shots and fucking you know feel somebody's ass and all that and it's just I don't know I don't know I mean it's just, just a one night thing uh, it's maybe a Friday Saturday oh my god so what the fuck are you doing on a Friday I don't know if there's I, I honestly don't know much about it apart from I agreed to go a while back like I don't know much of the other plans for it who would eh Pull out. Why? Why? For the reasons I've already outlined. First of all, this guy never been mentioned to me in my life, so it can't be that big. <coughs> Secondly, how are you getting down there? Uh, train. Mm. And that's booked already, is it? Uh, no, no, yet. The advanced ones and they go on sale. On sale yet. Yeah. So, apart from the fact you can't get go direct to Edinburgh to Liverpool. No, I know that. We change at Wigan or Preston. You've got to book a train on a fucking Grand National weekend to Liverpool. You're, you've never no put a single fucking thought into this. You're missing a Hertz Hibs game. You're missing a fucking boot launch. You're fucking <coughs> gone doing on the Grand National weekend. And you've just let fucking slip. You're going doing on a Friday, which means you're drinking on a Friday. And then you've got to stand at the fucking Grand National miles from a toilet with a hangover and pretend to be enjoying yourself. <laughs> you've, you've been, uh, so, but the so other well. thing is, let's say Hibs and Hertz, you to assume Hertz Hibs game uh, will be on Sky either Saturday or Sunday. If it's on a Saturday, you're not going to see it. Uh, I know. Well, because be the, first, the first thing is, you know, your, your Grand National, you know, when they're back at 3, 4, 5 o'clock, they'll be in early because you'll never get in beyond that time. Secondly, you know, getting A-pubs doing their show in that game, especially if there's an English game on. You've been in the pubs that shows Scottish football, isn't it? Your whole life. <laughs> I just, it's Sunday else's thing. I just said I'd go. Well, fuck, what team did it's they support? It's not my joke to arrange it. What team did they support? He's a Liverpool fan. So, are Liverpool playing that weekend? I don't think so, no. They're not playing that weekend? Well, uh, no, home. Well, they'll not be, well, because normally they'll not be playing on the day, the Saturday, because nobody in Liverpool ever ever play on the Grand National Day. Mm-hmm. For obvious fucking reasons, but well, on your head be it, Paul. But I'm telling you now, I personally feel let down. That's no intention. Well, it, well, it clearly wasn't any intention because you don't put any fucking thought into it whatsoever. Um, now, this brings me on to something else where you're highly fucking disappointing me, right? <laughs> Hearts are playing Celtic at Tyne Castle on the 26th of January. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. So you thought about that one. That's been in your consciousness, eh? Because right, you've been talking about it. Right. You've got four tickets along. I've got I've got one ticket, aye. There's about a set of people. Right. So, all right then. So you've got you set with three other people, you said? Yep. And they are? My wife, uh-huh. my brother and my nephew. Right. And I asked you to give me one of the tickets and you've not done it. <laughs> Who did I just take off? Like? Well, first of all, 
if you can't get one off your aim, you get yourself, you gear you one up, right? Secondly, how many times, how many times did I play fuck no? How many times <laughs> have I had you at Celtic Park as my guest? Has your hand been in your pocket? No, that's not even been an issue. I never said anything about freebies. No. But you dismiss through your hand this notion that I would get one of the tickets. I'll sit there, no problem whatsoever. There's no cunt big enough at Tain Castle to fuck with me. <laughs> you know what to facilitate this. Added to which, you told me your wife does not like going to Celtic games and fucking Mark Dick's been to four Hertz games in his entire last 20 years. Mark goes every week. Not home games. <sighs> fucking home games. See, there's your daughter. What's that? Pause it. I'm, can you pause it? No. Alright, oh, sorry. I, I think my daughter's just hurt herself quite badly. Well, <laughs> I have a car. Right, okay. Hold on. Sorry, folks. I need to. Sorry about that, folks. Dr. O'Neill went through a. Uh, God knows what. He's back after about five seconds. <laughs> I personally think it was a deflect mode for his lucky friendship. Lacky comradeship, lacky camaraderie. Um, but I mean, I think it is disgraceful. I mean, there are other things I've done for you. You can't just say to them, look, Steph, Mark, or Steph, you know, Steph aside, Mark, get the fuck. <laughs> Why would I take a ticket for a Hearts fan for the Hearts end and get to a Celtic fan? That'd be a good crack. Eh? That'd be a good crack. But if there's a Hearts fan and it's their ticket, why would I take it off them? You need to, you need to give me a Celtic right. fan's ticket. Okay, so you, what, you, what, what you want me to do now is summarise the Hearts supporting abilities of the three people you're talking about. <coughs> no, it's not what I'm saying Aye, at all. Because let's face it, they didn't stand up. Right, okay. And one of them's a five-year-old bear, isn't it? Right, it's 12. Oh, well, 12. I mean, mean that. <laughs> I just think, you know, and the, the, the listeners have noticed it, and we're going to come out to this very shortly, it's your lack of focus. Oh, These things should be going to the front of your fucking head, not. Oh, it's called sacrifice. Going above and beyond for the people you love. That's what it's all about. And unfortunately, you just seem to have basically moved to the dark side. The dark side. So. Um, We'll have to talk about another listener here, actually, because this is kind of going into your um, descent, I would say. Uh, it's about this toilet incident that happened at St James's Park. <laughs> uh, Ian Ramsey um, brought this to our attention again, and actually, the longer I got away from it, the more it just baffles me. If people, for listeners that don't know, we were at St James's Park for a Newcastle United against Tottenham game. And at the end of the game, we went for a pee. I went first, Paul then went in, and I was kind of just hanging about, fucking waiting on him. Turned round, and there he was, with his trousers doing, at the urinal, fiddling myself. That's no happened. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what happened. We've got, um, we've got evidence here, and you know, you, you admitted it the last time and stuff like that. <laughs> I think you tried to palm it off with some nonsense about your boxer shorts being tangled in your ass or something. <laughs> they rolled in when I pulled my jeans for a piss. So I was fixing them. <laughs> I was in my, I didn't pee my, my trousers in my ankles. <laughs> uh, urinal. And by the way, this was not like a, a, a one-trap urinal or anything. This was a, a, a group urinal um, <laughs> where there was various other men. Um, there was a boy waiting to go and behind me and just sidestepped it. <laughs> well, no wonder. Um, but what this has led to is, is Ian Ramsey was the latest one. Um, it's led to people every time they see a picture of somebody online with their trousers doing near a toilet tagging you into them. Hi, it's a great reminder. I was kind of hoping it would just swing away after after it was mentioned on that previous podcast, but it doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be uh, drifting away at all. I, I seem to be known as. Uh, the trousers are poor, don't know. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, it, to me, it all ties in. Hold on, I have to just stop you there. What do you keep drinking? Water. Are you hungover or something? No, I'm just drinking water. I drink water every week. Slipping away like fucking God knows what. You're like fucking Daniel D. Lewis in there. There will be blood when he's got oil. You just kind of get enough of it. 
What the fuck? Honestly, so off putting. What kind of, what kind of they fucking show running that I'm not allowed to drink water? You're not allowed to drink water. What you're not allowed to do is sup it every 10 fucking seconds. Right, okay. It's off putting for the listeners. And you think people can't hear that as well. That's why you're God knows what they'll be thinking you're up to given your previous track record. But this has become, and as I say, it ties into your lack of focus because I genuinely think that's probably what you're doing in your own house. And for some reason, you just didn't realise you weren't in your own house. I do not piss in my trousers room, Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, so um, do you want to have another go at the quiz question? Uh, I'll read it again for you. This is a, an autobiography. Okay, this is the first lines off this autobiography. <laughs> the date is 21st October 1938, 8.43am. German forces under the command of Adolf Hitler have recently annexed the Sudeten land and the tension is rising all across Europe. Indeed, it would probably wouldn't be going far to suggest storm clouds are gathering. Do I have a guess? Um, honestly, I've not got a clue. Is that a, is that a politician? I'm not going to... It's, it's just... That's a, you know, I hate these cunts that do this at quizzes. It's just give you the answer. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yes. Honestly, not got a Scooby. I'll go for something daft like George Harrison. George Harrison? No, sorry. George Harrison. Um, so, the last thing we need to sort of go over, because I want to get a few things straight here, is... Um, in a, I don't know how quite you phrase this, but you're basically holding a dinner party next week. <laughs> yes. Um, You're going to come and be now, a middle, I believe. Can you, aye, we'll come on to that, but let's get a few things straight here because I wasn't quite happy with some of the terminology you were using about. Are you actually got to cook something? Uh, aye, why not? Well, well you, I, I can get the caterers in if you want. Well, if you want, it would be better than your cooking. I'd get that, aye. And it's gonna, is it going to be traditional Sunday? Uh, I hadn't really thought it. Maybe you'll probably put that in a lack of focus, but aye, why, why not? Well, well, it should be, aye, because I don't know what any of your fucking Shan pizzas or any of that nonsense trying to foist on us normally. That's a fucking <laughs> good thing. Um, now, this had to be, you know, how could I put it? We, you didn't, we just didn't feel that welcome when you invited us. Uh, why? I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't that sincere. You didn't feel like you were like desperate to have us over. And it felt as though, you know, we were going to basically have to put up with you moaning like fuck all day again. <laughs> uh, no, of course you're welcome. I, I can't say any more than that. I, I wouldn't invite you if I didn't. Uh, well, I, well, I'll leave that to the listeners, folks. Because, um, like, basically, um, you know, I didn't want any of my, my people going into the toilet when you're near it. <laughs> so... Right, okay, I'll, I'll remember that toilet, toilet etiquette. So next week we are doing an interview about my forthcoming and last ever book, Tim's, um, which, you know, everybody seems to think I'm not going to be writing again. I am, it's just not going to be books. It's that simple. Films and plays are the next. Film next and then a play after that and that's... Thing me, I'm I'm kind of fed up with books. I like reading them, but I'm you know every country in the world wrote a book during lockdown and etc etc etc. So, um, that's what's going to happen next week, and then hopefully, um, if God spares us, we will be back. And Paul may have had a bit of clearer conscience, you know, about certain things. Who knows? Um, but I'm going to read this one more time, Paul. The date is 21st October 1938, 8.43am. German forces under the command of Adolf Hitler have recently annexed the Sudetenland and the tension is rising all across Europe. Indeed, it probably wouldn't be going too far to say that storm clouds are gathering. Well, those are the first lines of whose autobiography? I've honestly not got a clue, man. Um... I'm trying to think of people historical, <laughs> but I'm going. I'm going. I'm hitting the wrong time frame. Uh, Ted Heath. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That's your third and final answer, and it's wrong. You know who's autobiography that is? Who? Roy Race. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs>
Yeah, and anybody doesn't believe me, look it up. That's what fucking George Harrison was a daft answer. <laughs> yeah. So, that's it. We shall see you next week. Hopefully, we are clearer conscious. Hopefully, Paul's mere focused as he whizzed throughout this fucking show. And if anybody wants to berate him for anything at all, at, football, at the Football Podcast, or what the f- what's the fucking thing, my name again, Twitter name again? At Football there. At Football there. It was that daft cunt Hosey that done it, and it's fucking useless anyway. But until then, <laughs> lift your spirits with us. Drummer